I don't think we met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to Friday's Rugby Weekly. Gavin Casey here and joining us to look ahead to two of the biggest fixtures of the Irish rugby season is Murray Kinsella of the 42. Murray, great to see you again. How's tricks? How have you been? And how much are you looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, Gav, it's class to have you back on the rugby beat, to be honest. I've been thoroughly enjoying your outstanding work uh, from the Katie fight, so so fair play on all that. I actually feel like I've got a good update on how you got on because I listened to you and Gav Cooney on Behind the Lines, which was really excellent. If any of our members uh, of the 42 haven't had a chance to listen to that, it's, it's brilliant insight that you gave into how it all works. Like, even though I cover rugby events and have similar ish experiences, it's nice to hear how the sausage is made on the boxing front so um fair play <laughs> nice and thanks a lot how are you keeping yourself yeah all good i am excited about this weekend it's it's gonna be um heavyweight isn't it like all the ties with the team sheets mm. you just get a reminder of the level of quality we're going to now you're getting very close to test rugby in terms of the quality of the 23 so a hell of a lot to look forward to here Whereabouts are you situated for the weekend? Are you doing the Aviva or are you heading to Welford Road? Or? Yeah, I'm doing the game in the Aviva and looking forward to it. Like, we always have the chat, don't we? And myself and Kieran were talking about it before, like, which is the biggest province uh, and where do you want to go? I think the Leinster-Leicester match is probably the most fascinating tie to me in, a, in terms of sheer matchup, but I just have a feeling there's going to be a serious story tomorrow at the Aviva. Um, big crowd going. Obviously, it was a talking point around the stadium, but they've sold loads of tickets people coming from all over the country they did a brilliant job really with making it so accessible and affordable actually like 10 quid for for a ticket 10 or for a return bus if you want to come from somewhere around the province so they've got good support and yeah as johan van gran was underlining all the cliches could apply this weekend yeah i I think monster deserve huge credit for actually putting the infrastructure in place as you say to make it accessible for fans do you think the fact that I'm not sure what the latest figure is actually but certainly 31,000 was the latest update I'd heard a couple of days ago it'll probably surpass that does that kind of dispel some of the talk that had been going on recently about say a few thousand empty seats at Tolmond during recent fixtures against what Leinster Exeter and the sense that maybe the public weren't quite behind this rowing behind this monster team to the same extent as they had in the past purely because it had been to that point a pretty disappointing season and it would be easy to become disenfranchised with some of the rugby they had watched like is that sort of argument finished now with this turnout for Toulouse or is this almost a standalone event where you just expect monster fans to turn up anyway just the whole show is kind of back on the road and like we spoke about the uncertainty of not having a head coach announcing in place of not having certainty around what was going to be down the line for for the players as, as much as anyone you have that now they all know that Graham Rowntree who they most of them are g- getting on with really really well have huge respect for he's going to be the boss beyond that Mike Prendergast announcement this week is really encouraging and what an outstanding signing in my opinion for Munster he's a real he's a brilliant coach in terms of giving players responsibility allowing them take some of that autonomy but also he's really smart around detail his breakdown stuff is excellent anyone who's watched racing albeit they have outstanding individuals but the way they function the way they're put together uh, they have the best attack in the top 14 and he's got loads of different experiences even beyond that I think it's a brilliant announcement Dennis Leamy's coming back as we discussed as defence coach again really popular with the players from everything you hear and it just feels like it's all moving in the right direction I think fans feed off that as well there was that period where 
you know, Johan van Graan's leaving. There's players on on the way out. There was uncertainty over just the, the squad and the makeup of the the behind the scenes stuff as well. So it just feels like it's all on, on track. And and this weekend is perfect timing for it. Absolutely, they want to sell out Tone Park every single time they play. But they've had a very loyal core of of supporters there, and I think it is brilliant to see bigger numbers uh, turn out for this one. You're you're dead right. The, the province do deserve credit. Like we have criticised them about other stuff in the past. I think with with cause, but they've nailed this one and they've made it really. Um, I suppose a a narrative around this game is that the, the you know the Red Army is marching on Dublin and there's going to be massive support. Obviously, you'd love to, to fill it out, but we're probably not back at that point even in terms of recovering from pandemic and people not being in stadiums, but it's going to be a, an awesome crowd. And I do think that everyone is vibing off the, the certainty off the pitch. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And it does have that sort of old school community vibe that I think Munster had become famous for and remained famous for for so long but maybe to some people that had dissipated a little bit in recent years it feels very much reinvigorated now and it has to be connected to what they've seen on the pitch as well in recent times I would imagine Mm. Uh, is there anything that stands out from Munster's team to you to my eye and I've been a little bit out of touch with rugby over the last couple of weeks but it looks as though they're lining out pretty much as I would have expected them to any wrinkles there or anything that caught your eye yeah, given what they're missing, it is along expected lines. And what they're missing is definitely relevant. Let's just remind ourselves, Ty Byrne, Gavin Coombs, uh, Dave Kilcoyne, Orgy Snyman, if you want to put him on that list, missing John Hodnett, who might have been pushing um, for, certainly for the 23, he would have been involved. You know, you're missing some really good quality players up front, two of them in particular in, in Byrne and Coombs, who are your talisman and who would have been counted on to be difference makers on this bigger stage um, it is a, a blow to to not have them there so the options were slightly more limited Andrew Conway was back in in training this week but I think it would have been a huge jump for him to come straight back in given the form of the back three players like um, Earls and, and Zebo have been sharp I think Shane Daly's really unfortunate to miss out on, on being involved because he's been really excellent in, in recent times and obviously Haley has the the 15 shirt lockdown with his really consistent form so there's loads of nice qualities there I think it is it is exciting that there's younger players involved as well Josh Witcherly is starting another huge game for the province same with Alex Kandelin who's only 21 you've got Jack Daly there making his European debut off the bench potentially and Thomas Ahern certain to to add more oomph off the bench as he's been doing in recent times I think it's great that Munster are on this quarterfinal stage and those guys as we've all been clamouring for have their opportunity yes I think a lot of people would like seeing Craig Casey starting this game I totally can understand the decision in the end to go with Conor Murray and and me being probably on the conservative side I probably would have gone that way myself anyway and used Casey's remarkable game-changing impact off the bench again so yeah while there is clear clearly a, a big enough mountain for them to climb tomorrow there's reason and cause to be excited and as you've said the the stuff we've seen on the pitch recently even with those absences it's been excellent like Munster have hit their best form of the season at a good time and that would certainly give you from a Munster point of view it would give you more optimism for their chances against the defending champs who are really strong Let's have the weekly debate then about nine. Why <laughs> would you have personally started Murray and leaned on the conservative side? What would be your thinking there? What do you think Johan van Graan's thinking is there? I'm just going to ask producer Brano to clip out a portion of me talking about this three weeks ago and, and do it again. I think. Or is it, no, no, is it just experience, big game moments, yeah. defensive quality, box kicking? There you go. There you go. Composure. Um, and he's not just that. I, I don't think he is just that. 
No, no. Um, but as in, that's what he probably has over Casey at the moment. Yeah, that's probably where he, he edges it for me. But I do think it was, as me and Birch discussed on Monday, it was a bigger claim than ever on, on Casey's part because he's been doing the other stuff well. And then obviously he's a he's got a point of difference with his remarkable ability to play a tempo, to, to quick tap, to bring others into the game with his little sniping runs. And that stuff has got much, much better in his game. But as we know, like the guy wearing... 21-22 whoever off the, the replacements bench is really pivotal to, to winning rugby games and he is going to be exactly that I actually would have lent the same way to be honest like for what it's worth and I know listeners wouldn't um, necessarily tune in to hear what I would think but I think you can very much I mean more than hold your own with Conor Murray on the pitch for 55-60 minutes and Casey obviously brings that impetus off the bench which is going to be very hard to live with when I would presume at that point, or we would hope from an Irish perspective, that Toulouse's defence are going to be a little bit wobbly, a, a little bit uh, tired-legged. But if you reverse it and say if Casey does well, but the game is still very much hanging in the balance, like I don't know that, or say even if Munster are trailing, I don't know that Murray can transform a game at this point. I know he did really well off the bench in Twickenham, uh, but I guess like what I saw from him that day, again, was a little bit more about control rather than like adding a spark, if that makes sense. I don't know. Mm. It's uh, I, I think they've gotten it right. We'll see. We'll see, obviously, tomorrow. But uh, it's uh, quality for Van Granham for Munster to have yeah. two guys properly vying for that same starting berth, isn't it? Yeah. And the bench... In this game, like just look at the Toulouse bench and you realise that this is definitely going to be one that goes all the way. If, as you say, Munster are in it on, on 60. Like Malvaca by Jalanche are prominent Grand Slam winners very recently. Obviously, Joe Takori, we know all about his ability to make huge cameos off the bench as a as a impact four with a lot of power. Talafu is in the, in the same bracket and they, like Munster, have a 6-2 so there's going to be a lot of folks around that power, around the set-piece battle. That'll be fascinating um, to see how Munster get to grips, how they match that. The scrum is going to be tit-for-tat. Archer gets a big start ahead of John Ryan. It'll be key in that area. And then they'll look, Munster, of course, for their defensive line-out and more strengths to be a, a big factor with the likes of Omani and O'Donoghue. When you have both of them in your in your back row, you're, you're going to cause havoc, I think, on the opposition um, throw and, and maul. Uh, so that'll be fascinating up front. I do think if I look across the back lines, Toulouse are missing quite a few. Obviously, the uh, halfbacks in, in DuPont and Entomac are truly outstanding. But they're missing a few centres, five or six of them probably, and back three players. Even uh, Malia is suspended. Uh, Guillotin is injured. Um, Chocobaris is injured. So um, Pierre Fusak, who hasn't played, who hasn't started a Champions Cup game, actually gets a start in this game, which is a, a big step up for him. Even Dalib on the right wing isn't hugely experienced. So if Munster can get parity, like their backline is, when you just read through names, it's unbelievably um, quality filled. Like Damien Dialende has gone to another level, I think, in the bigger games recently. Zebo has had game-changing touches and we and we know that's what they brought him home for that offload to Dialende against Exeter was a, a great example of that and when you've got someone like Haley just brimming with intent at the moment you're, you're looking to get him involved as much as possible Chris Farrell's had a nice little uptick in his form in the more recent weekends as well so if Munster can get that kind of parity and it is a big if I think to be honest given Toulouse's size and power then their backs will feel they can do some nice damage 
well, call it first then. What way do you actually see it going? And how possible is it that Munster get the job done where only two or three weeks ago we would have probably said it was unlikely to impossible? It definitely looks more likely now, doesn't it? Like, I, I think... It does, yeah. Yeah, I think Toulouse will win. I, I think they have a... I think they have a better, more cohesive pack who can get on top and and um, and go from there. But it definitely feels more in the balance than I would have seen when the the draw was made and, and when Munster were kind of, I suppose, chugging along rather than uh, thundering along the the road as they are now. So I think they'll be right in the mix. But I do think Toulouse, with their quality pack and those 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 halfbacks who can change the game in a blink of an eye, I think they'll just about edge it. Gav, what are you reckoning? I actually think the exact same. There's no point in me trying to dress it up or make it sound any <laughs> different. You put it very well there. Uh, I would have said when the draw was made that there wasn't a hope in hell that Monster would get through. And I think they might come heartbreakingly close now. Mm. But that Toulouse overall just have that little bit more cohesion. We'll look at Leinster then. And the standout news from their team is the return of James Ryan at lock, but also uh, the inclusion of Joe McCarthy as well, who will be invo- involved from the bench against Leicester Tigers at Welford Road in a European uh, quarterfinal, which is just an amazing day for him, an amazing chance for us to see more of him in that type of an environment as well. Other than that, Murray, pretty much as you expected from Leinster? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's a level, I mean, I mentioned cohesion with, with um, Toulouse and their pack, but Leinster have that in, in buckloads in, in the team they've picked. Uh, and sticking along kind of expected lines brilliant to see that Jimmy O'Brien gets another starting chance his form I think has, has really warranted it but I suppose Ryan as you say is the headline return he's been contact training for quite a while now actually he was involved in the the warm-up pre the second Connacht match the the home leg in the round of 16 and then they opted to leave him back with the frontliners in Dublin during the URC tour of South Africa back with Stuart Lancaster, getting up to speed, running the legs off them apparently in training um, and getting that kind of blowout into him on several occasions. And, and fingers crossed now, he just comes through unscathed and is able to deliver the kind of usual level of physicality he can. Obviously, everyone has concerns around him and his run of, of concussions. So, yeah, you're just wishing the best and hopefully that is the end of it. I would, I've obviously no doubt that they wouldn't send him out there if there was any doubt in their minds medically. So, um brilliant for him to, to get back on the pitch and as you say McCarthy is is one on the rise he actually hasn't featured for quite some weeks now either and that's why I probably didn't anticipate him being involved at all given that um, lack of, of game time given the experience of you know your your Devon Toners or Josh Murphy who's been playing really well and um, is a quite a grizzled presence but they're really excited about his athleticism um, and the way he's just grasped it like he hasn't looked like a young lad on the pitch when he's played for Leinster that's been the most impressive part of it he's looked thoroughly at home clearly has a head for it albeit this is another completely massive step up for him Um, but I am excited to see him unleashed in what is otherwise a a really settled team it's the perfect environment to be unleashed in and I think Tommy O'Brien as well he's the other probably notable one at, at 23 like really deserves that opportunity given how he did in South Africa building on on previous excellent performances uh, for Leinster he's been um, combative as well as skillful and he just has a really rounded game almost like a back row at times with his his tackling his reads his breakdown work even and he very much fits into the mould of of what Leinster are going to have to bring against Leicester Yeah I was just going to say Ross Maloney was saying in a piece this morning that 
Leinster in order to win are going to have to stand up and fight fire with fire and he was very complimentary of uh, Steve Borthwick's impact at Leicester and the fact that not only their pack generally but particularly their set piece has come on so much this season and Maloney made the point that like their success is not an accident it kind of put into context how I, I guess how much admiration or how much respect Leinster have for this Leicester team and I'm looking at even looking at uh, Leicester's pack name for name like you think Leinster's pack is just better but like you I always kind of base things on an eye test as well if you know what I mean and as a as a unit and you speak about the cohesion of Toulouse's pack Leicester with uh, Genge, Montoya, Cole, Chesham, Green, Liebenberg, Reffel and Visa is quite a, a formidable unit isn't it like it, I'm really fascinated to see how Leinster actually match up to that, particularly because with the Tigers at home, you know that Welford Road crowd are going to give the, the Leicester pack probably an extra 10-15% when they need it in the trenches, which might actually balance things out. I, I just I think this is a fascinating game because as much as we've sort of... You always almost presume in the back of your mind that Leinster will get to the very, very latter stages of a competition like this because of their overall quality, because of their consistency, and yet this is a proper test of their credentials at an earlier stage than might have been the case were it not for COVID and all of that bollocks a few months ago mm. yeah definitely feels like that and and you're bang on about their pack like Leinster respect them because game respects game and and the qualities they have around like really simple stuff in the in the in, in rugby that Leinster are brilliant at as well their line out drill is always excellent like really good movement on the ground tough to read excellent lifts really good at snapping into shape when they're going to go mauling and, and doing things that are, you know, like, you know it's coming, but it's still difficult to stop. Obviously, that line-out mall is a massive focus for, for Steve Borthwick. It's his bread and butter, and, and it absolutely has transposed onto this team, and they use that hugely. Their kicking game, as has been discussed a lot this week, is really an important part of their their identity now, and you've got to be really patient in that. Like, we saw bits of it even with Leinster's game against the Sharks when they were in South Africa. Actually, probably a little bit of what they're going to be using against Leicester, like kicking long, being patient in it. And actually, in that day, some of the younger guys probably weren't patient enough and they gave up kick return opportunities and conceded on the back of that. But you would expect this more experienced team from Leinster's point of view to to just stay in those kick battles and and be happy to, to return um, fire in that manner until something clearly opens up for them. But on top of all that, like Leicester can they can actually play a little bit as well. And that's one of the things that maybe hasn't been mentioned this week, even even if you look last weekend against Bristol. And I know the Premiership is is very different rugby. It's extremely attack-focused and there's always high-scoring results these days. But Leicester have the ability to go from deep if if it's very much on. Even Chris Ashton's third try last weekend where they attack out of their 22, there was a couple of turnover scores and Bristol are loose and they, and they give you those. Le- Leicester won't as much, but... Um, even in the Clermont games, I thought Leicester had some stunning passages of slick handling. Again, done really well with their basics. Things like things that Leinster do well in terms of their decoy lines, timing of runs, uh, staying square at the right times. And um, yeah, both the sides just thrive with those um, core kind of skills. So yeah, you're right. It is a, like I mentioned, heavyweight earlier on. And this feels very much a, a kind of symbol of that and, and the, the level we're going to go to. But I do, I do think Leinster, not that they're further on their journey, I think they're just better at what they're trying to do at this moment in time and the development of their attack and the broadening of their palette in that regard that we discussed a few times now probably, I think does give them an edge and will 
hit Leicester in a way they haven't really been hit this season. So I was going to ask you that. I would have said last year this would have looked like a more threatening game for Leinster because at the time, not that their attack was in any way primitive, but the palette, as you say, was just that little bit uh, less colourful than what we see now. And I was going to ask you there, do, like, do Leinster have to deviate from their plan in any way to win this game at Welford Road? But their plan now is almost all-consuming. It's like... Uh, in, in boxing, Zoranti, the great coach of the Irish team, uh, he always tries to create a universal boxer. So basically, his fighter is able to beat any style that's put in front of them. And that's what I think of this Leinster team now. They're almost a universal rugby team. They're incredibly powerful up front. They actually can keep it narrow if they need to, and they can just pummel their way over from short range. Or when they open up, they've got pretty much an international backline, and they're absolutely scintillating to watch. So like... Do they need to specify anything tomorrow in how they go about the game in order to overcome this challenge? Or do they just play the Leinster ball that we've seen from the last few months and prove that they are the better team overall? Like, you, you have to always tailor. You, you do. It's just a, the nature of the game. If you com- completely ignore opposition strengths, then they're going to come back to bite you, I think, generally. And the kicking is probably an example of it. I think we will see a higher number of kicks in play from Leinster than would generally be the case. But... Yeah, I think you're on to a kind of winning point there in terms of the development of that attack is so that, you know, they're they're so fluid and fluent that opposition defensive strengths aren't as relevant, that there's always numbers, different numbers of options, that forwards are decision makers, very like Ireland, you know, it is, it's about you rather than the the defence because you're the one who's going to make a decision based on how they how they present in, in front of you. So I think they're in a good place with that. I think all the players are really comfortable with it. And I think if they need a couple of big tries or big line breaks to get them into position, that they can rely on their attack in, in that sense, as well as having kicking strengths like Johnny Sexton's. There's, he doesn't actually kick the ball a huge amount these days. Um, often it's based around nines, obviously, particularly with exiting. And you've got big left-footed players like James Lowe and and whoever in your back three but but when he does he does it brilliantly low can get a lot of length and he can win kick battles by putting the ball behind um, backfield defenders O'Brien kicks well Ring Rose has worked hard on it Henshaw as well as strengths there as well so I think they have a nice balance and as you say yeah you're, you're looking for that kind of complete package and Leinster have a really nice toolkit now and they can kind of select the perfect tool at the, the right time so I do think they have the edge for this for this battle going to be an absolute cracker i'm really looking forward to this weekend it is actually nice to be back to civilization and back to rugby uh so to lose just about leinster for you yeah i think so and then i'm thinking it'd be nice to get la rochelle and mike prendergast thrashing through in the other games to keep the irish angles just i mean just in terms of work it, it always helps to be able to put rogers la rochelle march on <laughs> <laughs> the heineken narrative cup yeah exactly um but yeah good those those two games will be really interesting as well they like la rochelle and montpellier both lost players to injury big beefy players will skelton and paul Willemse both out of that game which is a, a shame and the racing sale one is probably the least it's getting the least attention probably on, on this side of of the water but uh it could be a really thrilling attacking battle i think so leinster and three french sides if your projections are correct, which, listen, would be uh, quite the finish of a tournament, I think. Murray, it's great to see you. You'll be back on Monday. Yeah, looking forward to it. You're heading away for a bit of a breather, Gav. 
Yeah, I just dropped that news on you before we started recording. I'm gone again, no sooner than I'm back. So uh, I guess yourself and Bertie on Monday, but I'll be back for members the following Monday again. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to try and catch some of the, well, I'll try and catch all of the games in Portugal over the weekend, but I think my flight may prohibit me from catching the tail end of Monster. If my calculations are correct. You have a bad so record with this, don't you? You're constantly in a plane when there's big matches going on. So annoying. Like Ireland and the All Blacks as well in November. <laughs> I was coming back from Spain. Yeah. Um, it's gonna. I reckon like I'll still be just about in Irish airspace where I might still have 3G where I'll be able to catch a result and then sleep peacefully for the next couple of hours until I get down there. So It's a weather yeah, break. It's going to be nervy, but nice one, nice one. Uh, thank you to everybody at home. It's members.the42.e if you want to catch the lads on Monday and three of us chat every Monday. Looking back on all of the weekend's action, Murray and Bernard will do that in a few days' time. And then there's the extra Wednesday pods as well with Murray and Owen Tulin. Plus, we'll be back for non-members on Friday. So until early next week for members and until next Friday for non-members, mind yourselves, enjoy it all over the weekend. Take it easy. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> it is coming out! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass. Oh, 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 o